Welcome to the Form of Fitness Podcast, where you will learn the most that there is to learn about fitness. Through mechanism, about dieting, motion itself, and many more, you will follow me and my co-host Duncan as we talk about these things as they are related to our personal lives, as well as they are related to the health industry and how they affect us and people around us every day. We thank you for listening. going on and welcome back to form a fitness podcast uh, it's been a little while since we recorded um but today we're going to be talking about something that we have talked about in the past but this has a little bit more this episode's going to have a little bit more to do with how to read articles on you know fitness uh dietary science and stuff like this that aren't peer review studies So the article we're pulling from today that we're going to talk about, and this is, we're also going to talk about the subject that is related to it, um, is from Healthline and we'll have it attached down in the description below, wherever you're listening to this at, but I'm going to just read the top. Uh, the title is, is too much protein bad for your health? Um, do you want to start with qualms on the title (laughs) and then then move down? Um, yeah. Or. Yeah, we can start off with just like looking at a title and being like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. You know, um, I love the, that it says evidence based with a big ass question mark up next to the title where it no, says nutrition. Checkpoint. Check, check mark. Yeah. Check Not mark a question mark. Evidence. Yeah. Evidence based. So the issue with this question is that I don't think that anyone in America, or I don't think that if you thought about the standard average american diet and you would think of a high protein diet no that's not that's not an issue that we have right now it'd be a much better question of like is too much carbs bad for your health or are too yeah. many fats bad for your health because these many, are yeah. these are both things that we over consume and then potentially right? getting specific is too much trans fat in your diet yeah unhealthy is too much polyunsaturated fat or any other fat chain that has a fucking f- 30 letter word to be in front of it is that bad for you getting a little specific on where something's coming from as opposed to being very like i get it's broad brush because it's it's meant to be both evidence-based as well as journalistic and it's meant to grab you um but when it comes to like for our purposes this is something that is a little bit like well let me read into this to figure out the specifics so the title is like i get it um but let's see if the article changes our opinion on the title is, mm-hmm. is kind of the thing that it gets to me. Um, one thing I will say is I'm just going to be completely straight up. I am disappointed in this article. Yeah. Um, I'm disappointed in the fact that while being evidence-based, that is correct. There are sources that relate to the topic. The main issue is that every summary that is in this article Because the way it works is that there's the main title, and then there's like a subsection title. There's a, you know, a little blurb-ish, like maybe eight little two-sentence paragraphs, and then a summary for each section. There's about like 
five sections to this, which we'll, we'll kind of just run through. Um, the main issue is that the summaries are always way too broad brush mm-hmm. and have no numbers in them. Um, I'll just read the first one that and relates to the importance of protein. And really the sub articles also are very broad brush anyway. Yeah. So you're taking this kind of broad brush, big picture article or sub article with these general statements. And then you're trying to summarize that. And so really you're kind of getting this weird, like sky is blue statement yeah, mixed with like a little bit of yeah. sky is blue because right. Yeah. Um, and like even his couple of sentences right after the title of the article, yeah. him saying there's supposed dangers of protein. Um, this is a popular subject. And then he lists off some of the things that some people say that a high protein intake uh, can cause, which is like yeah. reducing calcium in bones, causing osteoporosis, destroying your kidneys. Then he says, now we're going to look at whether there are any evidence to support these claims. However, he never really suggested or even acknowledged that there's things that high protein intake has been proposed or even like proven to help with, you know, yeah. whether it's helping people deal with obesity, helping old people in old age stop muscular deter- deterioration, helping people who are stuck in bed rest reduce muscular deterioration, um, or like helping slow or even fix some of the effects of yeah. type 2 diabetes. Like a lot of metabolic issues, high-protein diets have been shown to either help or completely reverse due to the effects that protein has on our body and also like it's hand-in-hand correlation with muscle growth yeah um one thing that i think that basing off that makes you kind of think like how is this article supposed to be unbiased in terms of being objective when it doesn't give you kind of like a at least like a generalized summary of proven utilities of protein what and and first off explaining what protein is other than like so the first sub article is the importance of protein. Um, basically, it runs through the you know fifth grade health textbook explanation of what protein is, uh, about how much is considered normal intake, which uh, he doesn't have on here. Like the actually, yeah, that's the very normal one that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Fifty six grams of protein uh, for a one hundred and fifty four pound individual. Um, we've talked about that in the past and talked about what that correlates with and how that is basically more of like a almost minimum Mm -hmm. to maintaining good uh, muscular structure and physical health in regards to your muscle composition and stuff like that. Um, So basically he just starts off the first one. Protein is an ascent. The summary for the first section is protein is an essential macronutrient. Although the recommended uh, daily intake may be enough to prevent deficiency. Some scientists believe it's insufficient to optimize health and body competition uh, composition. Um, that's th- that is true, and that that's basically mm-hmm. just what I said. Um, but um, the point is, is that while that sub article is a good way to kind of get the reader into the subject. It's really the rest of the sub articles that yeah. are kind of the issue because it makes the jump from that to does protein cause uh, protein does not cause osteoporosis talks about that one. That one is basically just answering an FAQ as well as the next one, the protein intake one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, it's really when you get down to these last two, how much protein is too much as well as eating plenty of protein um, is a good thing. And the main issue 
I have with like, let's see the, um, is that when he does the eating plenty of protein, uh, is a good thing. He, you know, talks, there are plenty of benefits, blah, blah, blah. I'm not seeing on here a number. Yeah. How are you going to say high protein intake? And, um, what is overall higher protein intake is beneficial for your health, especially for maintaining and losing. I just, it's, it's a big issue that comes with, um, articles that are not the science of the scientific Mm -hmm. nature or they're not peer reviewed. You're focusing on general, um, topics for like, like people in general, but the issue is that people need numbers when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know? It's like trying to explain math without numbers. Like it's just you're well, yeah. you're at an impasse. Or or it's like trying to measure something without attaching units to the thing, right? Because yeah. honestly, the biggest issue with saying just high versus low protein intake is like, okay, but what is the basically tipping point between this being a high, normal, and low protein intake? Mm-hmm. You know, ancestrally, we probably ate a lot of protein, right? And you know, some of these things that they're showing, you know, your satiety, lower risk of obesity, um, helping with muscle mass and energy expenditure. It could be that protein isn't helping us do these things. It could just be that we're malnourished in the amount of protein that we eat mm. and getting back to a certain level is yeah. helping us deal with some of these symptoms. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing about this is the balance of it all. Um, one thing that's not really thrown into question here is how do you regulate this with the other two macronutrients? Yeah. Um, if you eat nothing but protein, um, you know, and even carnivores don't, which is kind of what some of this diets or this, this document is getting at is when you're talking about eating just protein and you try to just like almost instantize this variable separate from everything else, you end up with like a really big complication of, well, then, like, like there are other variables at play. Mm-hmm. What type of protein? What are the most common amino acids in this protein? Not all protein is the same protein. Yeah. Protein is called a macronutrient because it is, like, a bigger subject of a bunch of smaller nutrients, which are used in different ways to generate our muscle. And we've ne- we haven't really taken any time to dive specifically into each specific amino acid. But, I mean, mainly because, mainly like, that would take a while. We probably have to do a few episodes on it. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, there's a lot more at play than just more protein. Like, like it's just, you're generalizing too much to the point of almost losing your audience in like, there is more, there is more here than that for it to be explained. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to include numbers. You have to come like, say, this is where the tipping balance is. If you're, uh, this weight and this fat or this body composition. Yeah. Like if you just threw those quick numbers in there, a number of pro amount of protein, body composition and uh total weight and bam, done. That's it. Cause it's like basically this article is using, you know, it's written at a level, it's using the language at a level in which it feels like the proposed audience is someone who isn't really in this world. However, the language that they're using is also making assumptions as if you are kind of in this world yeah. of, of health and nutrition and understanding, you know, what protein intake usually is. Cause when I hear high protein intake, I think anything above that kind of one gram per pound of body mass, yeah. you know, and that's because that's about what I take, but that's also the higher end of kind of this 
minimum effective dose for uh, muscle building and everything else in that realm. Um, and so then, you know, when they start talking about how much protein is too much, they never really answer the question. <laughs> um, they talk about a study in which eating two grams of protein per pound of body fat did not result in any negative effects after two months. Um, and so basically all this that they have concluded is that extremely high protein intake is unhealthy. Maybe. Sort of. Um, like it, it is unclear at what intake level protein becomes harmful. And so basically the second sentence says that the first sentence is a guess, right? Because we don't know what extremely high protein intake really is. We haven't quantified that number. <laughs> uh, and it's likely to depend on the individual, which is a lot of health science. And that feels like a cover your ass statement yeah. to back up these last two statements that kind of contradict each other. Yeah. Um, and the biggest issue that I have with this article is that if you're going above two grams of protein per pound of body weight, your issue is probably not the protein. It's probably that you're not eating enough of everything else because you're fucking full, right? <laughs> like that's another issue that this article doesn't really seem to address is kind of the interplay with eating protein versus everything else you're eating. Yeah. You know, we did some quick calculations on the side before we started this whole thing and I weigh 220 pounds. So that's about 220 grams of protein a day that I eat. Um, double that would be 440 grams of protein yep, and then you're talking uh, about per day. Yes. And that's kind of the range that we're talking about. That's eight, eight ounce servings of steak. Yeah. Eight of them. So not one for breakfast, one for lunch, one for dinner. We're talking two for breakfast, Three two lunch. for a snack, <laughs> two for lunch, in which I'm probably eating lunch at like 3 o'clock, and yeah. two for dinner. Yeah. When am I supposed to work out without throwing up? <laughs> like, yeah. Or just like keeling over from the sweat. Yeah. And like I understand that that's not necessarily a practical way of achieving this number. You're probably – supplementing a lot with whey protein you're probably throwing chicken in instead of steak at times but yeah. you're also still going to have to try and figure out somehow to incorporate carbs and fats in your diet yeah and more than two grams per pound i just I mean, don't see as easily achievable yeah. for most people i mean i'm 220 as well and so when you're talking about this number the number that comes to mind is, okay, so 220, two grams of protein per pound, we're at 440, uh, and then bam, times four for you know the amount of calories per gram of protein, and we're at 1760. Do you understand how much of my diet that would be? Like on a yeah. good, on so like, I like my diet to be in the mid 2000s. Yeah. That would mean that 65% of my diet is protein alone, which when, we're talking about the total calories in those steaks. There's also fat there. And so then we're, you're just like, it's so much food that you're getting to the point where it's like, well, I'm going to be lacking. You've got to be lacking nutrients. Yeah. You've got to be lacking vital micronutrients. Um, as well as you're just going to get to the point where you're, it's too much food. Mm -hmm. And I understand the supplementing with whey protein, but most whey protein shakes get up to what? 30 grams of protein in one per scoop yeah. per, per scoop you'd have to be like triple scooping with a large cup of milk at breakfast <laughs> and that you know and, and then god there 
and then you've got to fit in probably like cans of meat because you're just going to need stuff that is very like uh, lean meat. So that mm-hmm. way you can get around there being so much fat and th- you're just talking about too much food. Yeah. You're talking about too much food with no carbs mm-hmm. to the point of where it's like, I agree with you too. Okay. I agree. That ex- <laughs> I agree that extremely high protein intake is unhealthy, yeah. but I also agree that egregiously overeating <laughs> is unhealthy as well. Yeah. So it's like, you've reached a blanket statement and then completely did not clarify the, the, the point at which the tipping scale is here. Uh, it's, it is unclear at what level of intake becomes harmful. It likely depends on the individual. No, it does depend on the individual. And on top of that, figure it out before you write the damn article. <laughs> Why would you like, I don't, I don't understand this. It is unclear at what level of protein it becomes in harmful. I'd say at the point where you cannot fit it in your body <laughs> while your body is digesting it, yeah. because that, that, that you're you're at the point where you're talking about anything in extremely high intake is bad for you. And you could switch protein with carbs, water, Dr. Pepper, yeah. anything. You're just putting too much of specific thing in your body. Well, and if that is the issue, then there's not an issue, right? Like, yeah, exactly. like we, we, we would get so satiated because protein is such a highly satiating macronutrient in the first place that Honestly, the issues that might arise from overeating protein, big air quotes around that one, probably are impossible for 99% of the population just because you wouldn't be able to in the first place. It's like, don't go into outer space, you'll die. The average person (laughs) can't get there in the first place, (laughs) you know? Um, And so really, I think that the biggest problem with this article is it's supposing an issue that isn't really an achievable issue, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to encounter the issue in the first place in all likelihood. And also in a society in which we don't eat enough protein in the first place. So now you're generating this fear and this angst around this issue in which we have the opposite problem. You know, most people don't eat enough protein. Mm-hmm. Most elderly individuals really don't eat enough including eating enough protein. Um, One of the biggest things that kind of becomes at risk for 70-year-olds and older is falling, right? And why is it falling? It's not falling because they got hurt. It's falling because they're stuck in bed for the next week, right? And during that time, their body's deteriorating. Their muscles are deteriorating. Their brain is deteriorating because walking around and moving around inside their house is some of the only mental stimulation that they get. If they're stuck in bed rest for a week, the, like, yeah. like the odds the motor that, function is just depleting. Like, itself. Yeah. yeah. The odds that that, then the odds that they fall again, increase, you know, and even f- among young, healthy individuals, not eating enough protein is going to set you up for that in- eventuality because yeah. your protein, um, intake is linked with your muscle building. And then if you can't build muscle at a young age or you're already kind of deteriorating in your 50s or 60s just because yeah. you haven't eaten enough protein throughout your life. Like you're setting yourself up for this kind of failure. Yeah. And, and it's 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 another part of this this culture that we're trying to round about. But the main issue is that there's a, like a culture adversity for people outside of gym and fitness culture to be involved with like, like protein bro, mm-hmm. I guess is what it is, um, is what I've heard people call it. Um, is, you know, 
there's almost this adversity to people eating protein. Yeah. Like outside of this culture because um, it, it can be abrasive yeah. um, culture-wise. Well, and if you think about boy dinner, what's yeah. boy dinner? It's yeah. steak and potatoes. Yeah. And like I think part of that meme is we're so simple, all we can do is yes. make steak and potatoes. Yeah. And I got to say, it's really easy <laughs> it is. to make steak and potatoes and throw some broccoli in with the steak and call it a day. Yes. I do it. Every night. <laughs> I, do it I am every day. I am that guy. Yeah. But at the same time, protein's important. Yeah. Veggies are important. Carbs are important. And if you can get them in that way, very simply, that's okay. Yeah. Right? And like our culture is kind of fighting against this whole like uh steak and potatoes. Like it's not bad. It's- yeah, it's like we're 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 building a culture of indecision because yeah. everyone knows that there's a too little. Like most people know there is a I really got to eat more. Mm-hmm. Most people know you that. get hungry. Most people know that okay, there's an upper limit. But when you use vague terminology like extremely high high protein, the issue is that you're just going to create an irrational fear yeah. in people around even talking about this because most people do not want to get hyper analytical about what they're eating in the first yeah. place. And you coming up with general rules that first of all, will not apply to anyone that this article would even be written for in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like, n- name me one person that's not involved in like fitness or focused on their health that eats such a like high amount of protein that they just don't know. Yeah. Like you're not going to find it. Most people aren't going to substitute the very tasty carbohydrates in their diet with, you know, another chicken breast that is unseasoned because they want more protein in there or they love the flavor. It's rare. It's very rare. Um, and it's, it's, it's an odd way to write an article. Um, and I don't know. It's just, and there are ways to talk about like nutrients and macronutrients specifically without, you know, having to use numbers all the time there's a group called cbg nutrition their whole shtick is dieting without tracking macros right but their nutrition plans have macro numbers in them it has eat 40 grams protein per day or not per day per meal you know at this time this time this time and then what they do is they teach you this is what 40 grams protein usually looks like be able to visually pick it out don't use a scale because if you start using the scale and you never learn to not use the scale, eventually you're just going to burn out. That, yeah. that, that is their argument, right? But at the end of the day, they are using numbers to give you a reference for you then to build your knowledge off of. Yeah. What this article fails to do fundamentally is to give you a basis and understanding of what extreme is, of yeah. what too much is, yeah. of what too little is. And so then you're floundering around worried or possibly worried that your kidneys are going to fail yeah. or that there's some unknown issue that's going to spring up because you're eating too much protein when the vast majority of Americans under eat yeah. protein. Yeah. And the way to kind of conclude the topic specifically focusing on this article itself is talking about his overall conclusion that he names at the end of the article, which is the bottom line. I'm just going to read it, and then we can talk about it. Um, At the end of the day, there is no evidence that eating protein in reasonably high amounts causes harm in healthy people. On the contrary, plenty of evidence 
uh, suggest benefits. However, if you have kidney disease, you should follow your doctor's advice and limit your protein intake. But for the majority of people, there is no reason to be concerned about the exact number of grams of protein in your diet. If you follow a balanced diet that contains plenty of meat, fish, dairy, or high-protein plant foods, your protein intake should be safe and in a safe and healthy range. Why is there an article written? Yeah. It's it's the, the main issue is that or why is the title written the way it is? Yeah, it's like you could call this a discussion on protein at its upper limits. Mm-hmm. That that would be a fair assessment as to what this article is doing, and you don't need to give like exact numbers other than you'd need to kind of give a bottom line as to what you consider high based on people's height, body composition, and weight. Um, but the issue is that then you use the word reasonably, and now we're talking about what what is reasonably high, what is high, what is extremely high and yeah. it's like wh- why are we even using the word high yeah because i don't know where that's at and i don't know yeah. what like because you threw out the number two when we're talking about like what is considered high in the fit two is high in the fitness world mm-hmm. like two is considered high um it actually i would consider two really high yeah um one is like where most people are at 1.4 1. 1. 1.8 eight sometimes like depending on i consider those high 1.8 and that uh, like depending on your fitness world that you're in Mm -hmm. two is unmanageable right if you're in crossfit if you're in basketball if you're in any of these like high movement sports where you're not taking the power lifter you know five minute break in between Mm -hmm. you need more carbs and it's kind of one of those issues of i can only eat certain amount of calories in a day Protein can only be a certain percent before I start sacrificing other things. And it's an optimization issue, right? And, like, that's kind of going back to the whole two is high. But who's doing that? Who's doing two and reading something like this? So who are you talking to is another question. But um, on top of that, you just completely didn't answer your question. While you did say that there's no evidence that eating protein in reasonably high amounts causes harm in healthy people. It's, it's just, it's so vague, but it's also pointed. And then it's got vague terminology that you don't come to an answer. You talk to, you're talking about a, like the article, it's unclear who it's written for. Because like, while we're sitting here reading it, it's like, I would be able to easily figure out who this was written for. um, If there were clear numbers specifically, it's written meant for people in the fitness space or it's meant for normal people who are interested in involving their knowledge into their diet. Mm -hmm. It's meant for people focusing on their diet. Um, But if it had no numbers, right. And it gave guidelines as to what is a normal amount of food. Cause, cause the issue is you really just can't write an article without including the numbers. Um, Cause then we're just talking again about vague terminology. Your reader doesn't know where you're pointed. Your reader doesn't know what's a baseline. What's normal. Uh, I mean, the, the last time we see numbers in regards to protein really is in the explanation of protein. You know, it's the basic recommendations for protein intake are 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight or 0.8 uh, grams per kilogram daily. This translates to 56 grams of protein for a 154 pound, uh, 70 kilogram individual. Um, and I think they did mention the two gram number, which uh, Mm. I'm looking for. We had it. I think it's right here in this high one. Yes. So in the high section, it's like even eating two grams of protein two months did not appear to cause any side effects. Then, then, then what is it again? It's like, well, what's extremely high? 
Yeah. I just, I I need some clarification on where our boundaries are. Yeah. Um, And so I guess we can stop talking about that article specifically, (laughs) but talk about the way you read articles and like, it needs to be focused around articles um, that again are not like peer reviewed articles where it's very oriented on figuring out and discovering more about the subject as it relates to the subject specifically mm-hmm. and basically trying to clarify variables. Um, it's really, you just got to read them with a f- pretty fucking thorough amount of salt yeah. <laughs> because you're just like, I don't have any answers on what he's talking about here. It's like, well, yeah, of course. Like, like then what, Again, why did you write the article if you're not answering the question that mm-hmm. you posed at the front of the article? It's like, well, there's a yes, no question is the article title. There's a no in the conclusion, but it's it's not really a no, but there's a yes before it. <laughs> and then they're like, in another case, there's a no, and then there's another yes. And it's like, you didn't really clarify specifications. It's like, then it's like, ask your doctor. It's it's sort of what we do, but we don't call it answering a question. Mm-hmm. We just discuss something. Yeah. And a lot of health science and exercise and nutrition and all these things are going to result in it depends answers. Yep. You know, it's just like any other, you know, field that isn't math based. Yep. And even then, sometimes math based, it's it depends, right? So that is important to understand. However, when you write an article that is talking about a negative thing and then it fails demonstrably to tell you why the thing is negative, to tell you when it's negative, yeah, it's failed as an article. Yeah. And yeah, there's that. And it's like you can't lay out nine, like f- a few benefits of high protein intake and then say well yeah but like past that metric is like bad mm-hmm. it's like I, I agree with you but also like that's an unachievable amount of too high it's like yes i agree that 10 grams of protein per pound of body fat is too much per day but then again we're talking about eating eighteen thousand calories in a day yeah. it's like i can't do that so it doesn't matter if it's too much that's like saying i, I i'm like you're just talking about eating shit that's not food. Uh, you're talking about eating so much food that I physically can't fit it in my person without having a bypass. And even still, then it doesn't matter because I can't process that much. We've talked about how much you can process. So realistically, the question should be, is the max amount you can process in a waking day the max amount you should intake? Because that would be a question that has ground numbers at 30 yeah. grams ballpark, depending on your size of body of protein per hour per day waking. And then the decreased amount while you're sleeping, should you eat that much? The answer is probably no. And that's probably where we're talking about extremes, but that's a clear number that has a max number on how much your body can physically metabolize. Cause anything more than a possible amount you can metabolize doesn't get metabolized. So it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It's like, should you eat 100 grams in an hour? Well, 30 of it's going to get metabolized this hour. Some of it's going to make it to the next hour, and the rest of it's getting thrown out. Yeah, Like, you're going to pass through in three hours. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Um, but again, there's clarity. There's boundaries. There's set numbers. It's like, even if you don't understand it, you will come to understand it through the explanation of the article. That's the point of the article, mm-hmm. is for you to learn. Um, and so you just... Again, take everything with a grain of salt. And um, like I said, if you want to read the article for yourself, it's going to be in the description below. Um, 
this was probably more heated than <laughs> we may have meant to get. But I think it's important to understand that sometimes this field can be extremely frustrating when it comes to people sort of trying to cover their ass on being mm -hmm. right or wrong. Um, and also posing questions and not answering. It's like, if you're going to answer it, answer it and then own up to it being disproven. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the point of the scientific community. Um, especially when you're writing like simplistic articles like this, because in that case, then you could come out and more people would learn if there was some form of like debate or debacle regarding uh, like a false claim of sorts, then you're going to inform more people, which should be your objective anyway, as a journalist or someone trying to uh, explain, you know, the subject matter to the audience. Yep. So um, you have anything else you want to add? I think, no, I think we've absolutely worn out this article. <laughs> so uh, with that being said, I hope you guys go give it a read um, and just kind of, uh, kind of think through what implications there are um, and just think about how this looks on the scale of other articles. I know we just use this one as an example, but um, just make sure you're always questioning what you're reading and uh, just being careful and making sure that it makes sense. Um, and we'll see you guys next time. See you. Hi guys, this is Nathan. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of Former Fitness Podcast. If you like this and are looking for more content like it, there are plenty more podcasts from our studio, Uptown Audio, at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte that you can go and listen to. Those will be linked in our link tree that will be attached in the description of this podcast wherever you're receiving it. Thank you guys so much for listening. It does truly mean a lot to us, and we hope you all have a great day.